You're listening to Brandon Butter, a straight talking, occasionally in your face, no BS, branding podcast for modern marketers and business owners. Here for those who want to understand the influence and power of branding and how pairing association, consumer behavior, and design thinking can impact what people see, think, and feel. I'm your host, Tara Ladd, the sometimes funny, sometimes vulnerable, and often unapologetically blunt founder and creative director of brand and design agency, your one and only. Hi, hi, welcome to this week's episode. Good one today. I'm going to talk about the cognitive bias of social influence and how that pretty much can help make or break a brand or make a break or reputation, to be completely honest. So when we talk about the context of social influence, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously an influencer. Now, make no mistake that that's the strategy there. Influence and how people are perceived are really strong in the way that people behave, but more so watching people who you like do certain things can create a ricochet and a ripple movement into the way people behave. And so let me touch on that for a hot minute. We see the evolution of movements and movements happen from a small behavioral change. And so people like, you know, have a conversation that they want to bring to the table and then the conversation gets larger and larger and it evolves into something that is just so much bigger. Um, And when that happens, it essentially aligns to a trend. Movements and trends are almost the same thing. So I want to tell you the story of the Hush Puppy brand. Now, this is touched on in Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point. Um, I really found that book uh, quite an interesting one in regards to the way people behave and something that I kind of go back to because it's really, yeah, it's it's really interesting. If you haven't read it, I'd highly suggest going and reading it. But in the book, they talk about the revival of the Hush Puppy brand in the early 90s. So... They were basically perceived as outdated and out of fashion. No one wanted to use them. They were pretty, you know, one of those brands. But something pretty interesting happened in East Village of New York City. So there was a few influential trendsetting people that were considered what you would call an outlier or an avant-garde who began to start wearing them again, you know, hashtag vintage kind of thing. And so when someone who is considered a person of influence. It's what we'll call these guys back in the the day. Um, They obviously caught the attention of those around them who considered them to be, you know, someone obviously of that fashion appeal. And so what happened was the fashion designers caught an eye of this and the style watchers started to watch as a subcultural statement became a nationwide trend. So what this does is it shows that everyday people are actually the ones that shape big movements. It's someone that is going against the grain and doing something slightly different that catches the eye of other people and they build it into a trend or a movement whether that's a discussion point 
or whether that is a stylistic point, whatever that may be, is that the original idea always begins at the bottom. So what we saw is, well, the law of a few, which is a conversation that Malcolm Gladwell discusses where a group of people, which he calls the connectors, the mavens, and the salesmen, play a critical role in spreading an idea or a trend. So in the case of Hush Puppies, the way they came back wasn't the result of a calculated marketing strategy, unfortunately for them, but rather than an organic growth of unexpected outcome from the social dynamics at play from catching just the trend of those in the East Village, which is obviously like the hipster kind of trend suburb in New York City, and watching it become like a social epidemic. And so they start to watch these people wear this thing over and over until someone else gets it, then someone else gets it. And it's the same way you see things happen with influencers online. They'll start to use it. It builds FOMO. People want it. That's, that's when it starts to grow. The trend starts to move. And so that's pretty much how we start to look at things. What happens if you start rehashing a trend that's already trending is that you just become part of that trend. What you want to do is become the trendsetter. So the only way for you to become a trendsetter is for you to break the grain. And breaking the grain can be, you know, pretty risky. But the only way that you're going to become a disruptor or someone that becomes a person of influence is to do things a little bit different. You can stay within the constraints of norm, but going against the grain and doing what other people are saying that they're doing or trying a different approach to things that are, you know, and we're seeing this at the moment, everything is the same. So if we try to do something just a little bit different, you will be different from the rest. And so the common challenges that we're seeing brands at the moment is they are just rehashing the same thing. They're playing it safe and then they're wondering why they're not growing. And the reason that they're not growing is because they've become a me too brand. And if you don't know what a me too brand is, it's essentially becoming another version of someone else that's already doing that thing. You don't want to be there. Now, I take that back. If you were to leverage becoming a Me Too brand, Avis did this really cleverly <laughs> in the 50s when I think it was Hertz were the number one car hire brand and they essentially just used that as their marketing message that they were always number two, so they tried harder. So unless you're going to – and then that is a very disruptive move as well. So they played on the fact that they came second and they used that to their advantage where they used the Me Too brand to kind of blow up and almost become, you know, the industry leader. So that was their way of becoming disruptive. It was very clever in the way that they did that. Um, but that is a classic example of how you can move from Me Too to industry disruptor. You don't have to go and break the industry. You just have to do things a little bit different. And with everything being so rehashed at the moment, so done and tried and tested, the only way that you're going to do things differently is, well, to be self. What that comes down to is individuality and speaking to things that, you know, that you have that no one else has. And trust me, they're there. So when we talk about Me Too brands, it's essentially losing authenticity right? You're becoming just like everyone else. And what you want to try and do is 
not lose who you are. I think that's the biggest thing that I saw not only with Well, it kind of happened when the market shifted. There was a big change in the way people behaved and people didn't know what to do. So they just captured and took on what other people were doing that was working instead of really bringing in their own version of it and spinning it around so that it worked for them. Um, Another thing to consider is, um, well, discussing the role of how social movements and trends evolve. Um, you can essentially shape perception based on the conversations that you lead. So a key brand that I see doing really great things uh, is Bonds. Um, I mean, there's a few doing them at the moment. I think it's very purpose-led at the moment, intentionally driven. Uh, And they are speaking about inclusivity. So, you know, they're a fashion brand that's designing for all different types of bodies and all different types of people. And so they've shifted to make sure that their messaging aligns to and values and respects the people that they're speaking to, which covers a very diverse range of topics, which can actually alienate some people that are very narrow-minded in their in their viewpoints, um, but that's their loss. So when you think about how to align to a conversational point, you have to be ready to lose people. You can't please everyone. The point is, in order to align to an audience that you really like, I guess, value align with, you need to kind of eliminate those that don't. There are a lot of people in this world, go nuts. Depending on, this is where PR comes in and, you know, conversations through media is shaping the narrative that you want people to know about you and you want people to see about you. And not only PR, but understanding the role of social media and how that narrative plays a role in the everyday conversations that you push out that people are starting to construct about you because these conversations then build associations to your brand which are their own perception of your brand you can have two different people have two vastly different experiences of your brand and different perceptions of your brand based on their own well their own I guess viewpoint of the world you could have someone that is politically aligned differently or, or, you know, has grown up in a very different environment and they will see the world very, very differently. So just because you piss some people off doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. What you're doing when you piss some people off is a good thing. It means that what you're saying is starting to have a bit of impact. Um, so long as you're, you're sitting on the right side of the conversation, Um, and that again, depends on what conversation you're talking about. It's important to have conversations that you feel are important to you and align to the brand. If the conversation at hand does not align to the brand, don't have it. Uh, it's as simple as that. Conversations that you lead should directly align to the reputation and the perception that you want people to have of your brand. So with the world being so social media driven, um, the impact that consumer choice has on and, well, I guess the, the decisions of consumer choice will reflect their identity. So you have to understand how to position your brand in the market so that it is reflective of the consumers that you are trying to attract. So all of that just kind of tied into each other, um, which is why I continuously point out that most people don't actually have a brand strategy. 
Brand positioning is one of those key pillars. And when you need to construct narratives that align to your brand positioning, then if you're not having those conversations and they don't align, start that again. If you're not having conversations that align to your brand positioning, then you're going to cause yourself a disservice. So it's making sure that everything is authentically connecting because when it does, everything's easy. I can guarantee you when you have that strategy so damn nailed, everything that you say and do and look like will just flow. If it isn't flowing, the strategy is broken. And it doesn't mean that it's a huge change. It could just be something quite small. So how do you authentically engage with social trends? You can still use trends that are already blowing up to enhance and jump off the back of, but they're tactics, not trends. So an example I've used the other the other week was um, the Victoria Beckham, David Beckham conversation they had in their documentary. And we used that, you know, where they said, be, what is it? Be honest. And she's like, I am being honest. We did one on, you know, I have a brand, be honest. I do have a brand, I, you know, and then she said that it was like a logos color font. And he was like, thank you. Uh, which isn't a brand, that's the joke. But using trends to amplify your message when it's going around is a really clever way to kind of amplify your presence. So long as you don't make that trend your brand, you know, your branding. Uh, So you wouldn't go and use that in your branded assets because it will die out as will the brand identity if you do that. So that's why it's important not to jump on trends because like specific types of fonts, that's why we don't use trending things even though it's very much you know the thing that's shareable and people love what our intention is to create brands that are going to be uh i guess that last longevity and transition through change because they are so aligned to the reputation the visual representation of what you are and who you are as a brand now doesn't matter what you do. Sometimes brands will evolve and change. So you will need to refresh your identity. We've done it already. Uh, We've had, and so they say, I think it's like every seven years, brands have a refresh. Uh, Coke, if you go and look at the evolution of Coke, they, they do it every few years as well. It's just slowly tweaking things so that it just stays, it just stays with the now, you know, otherwise you're going to have an art deco brand in, you know, this year, it's just, it's outdated, although that's completely circled back. But it's about understanding how trends work, making sure that you're in front of the trend if you're going to evolve a trend so that you get the longevity of the trend or making sure that you're continuously updating so that you stay in line with that. Public figures are really important to shaping consumer perception. So what we're seeing with Taylor Swift right now, and I'll keep bringing her up because she's literally the topic point of discussion, is that she is like at the top of the tipping point. So eventually she will probably slip off, um, but... I think she's very smart in knowing this. So she's capitalizing every damn opportunity that she has right now because what's going to happen is that people are going to get sick of her. It's just what, it's just how people work. And so eventually you'll have her hardcore fans that will stay there till the end um, and she'll stay at that status. But right now she's at mass status. She's got like world leaders writing political statements and stuff. It's actually ridiculous um, because her ability to change economies is so it far outweighs the what a person should be able to do, but it's absolutely insane. So she's capitalizing at the moment. So if you were to look at the tipping point, which goes like a hill, like a roller coaster, she's gone, you know, from climbing that, she's now at the absolute top and eventually she'll slip back down the roller coaster. 
Um, but right now she's still there. So it's, it's important to use that to your advantage. If you are at the top, you use that to your advantage. But we see this with business models as well. I spoke about this the other week is that business models that are built off trends will eventually die out. So you need to have something in the plan to make sure that your business model force like precedes the trend. Uh, you know, if you're an Instagram coach, what are you going to do when Instagram isn't the platform of opportunity anymore? You're going to die out. So how are you diversifying your model so that you're an omni-channel approach and you're appealing to different markets? So instead of being someone that is, I don't know, a coach on Instagram, maybe be someone that is a coach in business strategy, you know, or building a business that far outweighs that. How are you looking at that? So that's kind of how the strategy works is how you can move it beyond just the baseline and moving it to a top level so that it transcend like it transcends what you're doing at the moment so that it can be applicable across a wider range of things so that you don't die out um and so the important thing is to make sure that you're aligning brand messaging with things that are relevant so long as it suits the brand intention um and understanding who you should be collaborating with and you know using as an influencer if you do that with product and making sure that what they're saying and what they're doing is directly aligned to what you say and do. We've seen the, we all know of how Kanye West or Ye, Ye, whatever he wants to call himself these days was dropped by Adidas based off his political viewpoints. Um, So it's very important because what you can see if you align with someone or something or people that do something and go rogue to what you stand for as a brand or as a personal brand can actually cause a reputation, can actually be damaging to your reputation. So if that, that's why you see people lose sponsorships when they say things that are directly out of line to what that brand believes in. Um, and so it's important to make sure that you do research that you're not just choosing someone to align with based on their vanity metrics of how many followers that they have, but more so about what they stand for as a brand so that 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 power is what you're actually aligning with. So someone that is very socially conscious, if you are that type of brand um, or someone that does, you know, a lot of charity work and you're aligned with that, that if they go and do something that is damaging to that conversation, you would eliminate ties straight away. So it's important that you do your research and understand in your back history on that person so that you know that that person isn't going to come out and directly impact your brand. So understanding the power of social influence, influence, how to jump on it, how to capitalize on it, how to not make it a key aspect of your brand, make sure that your brand diversifies and has many avenues to work from. Um, We always say that we were never designed to a trend. There's trending assets we built in or build in, but we will not go, yep, that brand's totally trending right now. We're going to do it exactly like that because it doesn't help the brand at all. It just slips them straight into everyone else. And that's not going to make them stand out, which is exactly the opposite of what we stand for as a brand ourselves creating, you know, revolutionize your brand for ballsy brands that want to disrupt. That's not helping if we create an exact same uh, brand identity that looks like someone else's that's already done the same thing. It's not going to make them stand out. They're just going to look like everyone else. So that's a really important thing to understand today is understanding people behavior, social perception, and how that can influence. We saw this with Prime Drink um, and KSI and Logan Paul, how they had a huge influx of people buy their product purely off who they were. 
Um, we've seen this with brands like Kylie Jenner. She releases a product line and people flock to it. Even if it's an abysmal fail later on, people will still buy from it. But it's understanding who to align with, how to align with them, movements. If something that you believe in is value aligned to what you stand for, absolutely jump on that. And if someone says, oh, I don't, uh, you know who did this really well? Ben and Jerry's. Um, I will do a whole podcast on Ben and Jerry's because they deserve it. But they speak about things because their founders were social activists and their ice cream was just a way for them to bring social activism to the front. And you will see people go, just stick to selling ice cream. It's like, do you even know who they are? So you will get people like that. That means that they don't value align. Who cares? Move on. Um, It's so important to know that you are not here for everyone, but the ones that you will be here for will become loyal and zone right in on what you stand for because what you do, what you say, and who you are as a brand is a direct impact and reflection of their identity. So I hope you liked today's episode. I love talking about this stuff. Obviously, I'm right into human behavior and the way that we see the world. So this is the type of stuff that I just love talking about. Um, And obviously, it's deeply embedded in the strategies that we build out at Your One and Only and the conversations that I lead on my personal brand. But as always, if you have a conversation, please jump over and slip into uh, my DMs. I am happy to extend the conversation and always have a chat. But until next week, I will chat to you soon. Did you like that episode? I hope so. Because if you did, why don't you head over to whatever platform you listen on and rate and review. It's much appreciated and helps others know what we're about. If you want to follow us, you can find us at your one and only underscore au on Instagram or head to www.youwanandonly.com. Don't I